Afraid of Its Own Shadow, my weekly market review, August 20th, 2023. As I'll show in a moment, earnings and economic data last week generally propped up the case for a soft landing for the U.S. economy and should have been celebrated. But the stock market seemed jumpy and afraid of its own shadow, seizing on anything negative it could find. There's a downside to the current high level of economic strength. In something of a return to the old good news is bad news narrative of 2021 and 2022, solid evidence of stronger growth was viewed suspiciously as possibly fueling inflation, maybe prompting the Fed to raise interest rates higher or at least hold them high for longer. These concerns are severely pushing up market interest rates, or as they're otherwise known, treasury yields. This is being reflected in more new recent highs in mortgage rates. Rising yields are also a problem for stocks because investors will be tempted to rotate out of riskier equities and into less risky bonds because the additional expected return in stocks maybe isn't worth the extra volatility. Rising risk-free payouts in treasury bonds are simply getting too rich and tempting for many to resist. Are traders rethinking the one-year-plus inversion of the yield curve? The benchmark 10-year Treasury note interest rate is moving substantially higher and at a faster rate than the two-year, leading to a flattening of the curve. The 10-year closed the week at 4.26%, having earlier touched its highest level since that well-known crypto shill soldier boy suggested that we all crank that in October 2007. When it comes to interest rates, it's no longer how high that matters though, it's how long for. The market is always looking for what's next, for what's over the horizon. With the Fed almost certainly done with rate hikes, or almost done, what comes next is rate cuts. And the question then becomes, when? Current consensus is that the first cut will either be at the March 2024 Fed meeting or perhaps more likely the May 2024 one. The week began with a raft of negative China headlines. The Wall Street Journal speculated it may be China's Lehman moment. Real estate firm Country Garden suspended trading in select offshore bonds on Monday and Zhongzhi Enterprise Group one of the country's biggest private wealth managers, missed payments on multiple high-yield investment products, reminding investors of the Chinese property market volatility from a few years back and reinforcing that recession risks in China could be very real. Portfolios with heavy exposure to emerging markets are already being affected. Data last week showed that the U.S. consumer economy and housing market are doing just fine. Americans' spending is still outpacing inflation. Retail sales soared by 0.7% in July, a bigger burst of spending activity than economists had anticipated. The strong spending came as consumers spent more at online retailers, restaurants, sporting goods stores, and clothing shops. U.S. industrial production reversed a two-month decline with a 1% increase in July per Federal Reserve Survey. There's still a nationwide shortage of homes available for sale, keeping prices elevated, but builders are ramping up activity. July housing starts 
hit 983,000. That's 9.5% up on a year ago. New home construction and related activities can have multiplier effects throughout the economy. The latest estimate from the Atlanta Fed GDP now, which I will now be tracking weekly in this report, is that Q3 GDP growth in the US will be a mind-boggling 5.8%. For context, the growth for both Q1 and Q2 was well under half that. Minutes released last week from the latest Fed meeting, which unanimously agreed to resume the campaign of interest rate hikes after a one-meeting break, suggested that there may be at least one more rate hike penciled in for the cycle. Most of the participants still saw a significant risk of continued above-target inflation. However, at least two members appeared to voice an opinion that raising rates may not have been necessary. Bullish investors would have liked the objections to have been a little more robust. Quarterly results and guidance from Target, Walmart, Home Depot, Cisco, and Applied Materials were all well-received, while those of Agilent disappointed. Are we seeing just a consolidation in a still upward trending market or the start of a more significant pullback? As things stand, I'm still in the camp of calling it an appropriate consolidation and pause in an uptrend caused by the sheer speed and relentlessness of the March to July rally. The three pillars of that rally that I always talk about, number one, no landing or soft landing, number two, disinflation, and number three, Fed done or almost done with rate hikes, are still in place and will likely prevent a really nasty decline from happening as long as they persist. But we need something new to push meaningfully forward, and right now we just aren't getting it. Investors have had time on their hands to focus on things like the Chinese economy, the 10-year treasury rate, dysfunction in Congress, inflation still being above target, etc., etc. During the rally, none of these relatively mild negatives would have been top of mind, but traders are now fixating on them because there are no big new positive catalysts. This is what is behind the difficult market conditions of the last two or three weeks. So what are the catalysts that could lead to a resumption of the rally? Number one, treasury yields or market interest rates declining modestly. We don't want them to collapse as that would signal a hard landing, but a slow drift lower, especially in the 10 year, could help reverse the traffic moving from stocks to short-term treasury bonds. This could come from either Fed Chair Jerome Powell confirming that the Fed is done with rate hikes more inline economic data, and or a continued decline in inflation readings. Number two, better than expected earnings. So far, so good. Earnings season has been generally positive. The biggest of them all, the NVIDIA announcement this Wednesday, will be absolutely crucial. The company's blowout earnings ignited the summer rally, and another strong report will help boost S&P 500 earnings expectations. Number three, a change in sentiment. Negative sentiment was the unsung hero of the 2023 rally, as January's strongly negative expectations never materialized, leaving money managers having to chase stocks higher. Now it's flipped, where higher stock prices are the consensus expectation. 
If the market continues to modestly pull back, then sentiment could become more negative, and that can ironically be a springboard to the resumption of the rally. Number four, surprise good macro news. An improvement in the US-China relationship, large-scale Chinese economic stimulus, some kind of ceasefire in the Russia-Ukraine war, would all provide a surprise boost and reduce global recession chances, and that would help lift stocks. The bottom line is that the outlook for, for the market remains solid as long as those three pillars remain in place. But we need something new to kickstart the rally back into gear because currently the market is just treading water and growing tired doing so. It will likely remain susceptible in the near term to any kind of unpleasant news, however modest. <laughs>